how you do what you do has been blown up, go back to your purpose. What is the purpose? What is the why? And then you can figure out a new how. Welcome to Coaching with Kelly, a podcast that gives you the tools that you need to invest in this season of your life. Join life coach Kelly Tibbetts as she interviews inspiring leaders who help you identify your why, name your strengths, and value your energy, soul, and thoughts. This podcast will help you live a brave, creative, purpose-filled life. Welcome to Coaching with Kelly. I hope today's podcast helps you to live the brave, creative, purpose-filled life I believe you were created to live. And today I have an exciting guest for you. Um, The woman who mentored me four years ago and helped me believe in my leadership is here today. Jenny Catron, thank you for being here today. Kelly, this is so fun. So good to reconnect, but then fun to see what you're doing and um, all that God's got going on in your world. So I'm looking forward to this. Well, thank you for being here. You know, in 2016, I was able to step out of children's ministry into becoming the executive pastor of my church. And my church allowed me um, six months of coaching with anyone. And they were gracious enough to allow me to have my dream come true and be able to be mentored by you. And from day one, you were able to really help me clarify month after month what the next goal was. And so that's what I hope for women today and for everyone who's listening, awesome. that by hearing you know a little bit more about you, the books you've written, the way we can follow you on social media, we can learn um, one of the words that's so important to you is culture and clarity and the things that can really help move us in this crazy season. So if someone hasn't had a chance to learn more about you, could you just share a little bit about who you are and how you inspire leaders around the world? Sure, sure. I'd love to. Um, So yeah, I'm a Midwest girl. I actually came full circle, born and raised in Wisconsin and live back here again. Uh, But I set my sights on Nashville, Tennessee as a youngster and wanted to work in the Christian music business. So I, um, I just kind of random crazy dream job that God allowed me to kind of pursue. And I spent about a decade working in the Christian music world. That's really where my passion for leadership was birthed. Uh, I quickly learned that position uh, doesn't, you know, it, it carries some power, but the real power of leadership happens through relationship and, and really understanding that power of influence. And so um that was my that was my first like real understanding of what does healthy god honoring leadership look like i really actually worked in a remarkable it was a corporate organization but i worked for some just really wonderful god honoring leaders that I just, I couldn't have, I couldn't have chosen a better start for my working career than where I started at Forefront Records. And, um, but I really developed a passion for leadership and realized I had a lot of work to do to be a good leader because I had, I was born in a small town, very blue collar. So it was very much the hierarchy of a blue collar infrastructure. And I hadn't seen um, uh, just, I'd seen some good examples of leadership, but I wouldn't have known to identify them. So that was kind of the starting point for leadership. And then I had the privilege of serving at the church my husband and I were a part of. We helped plant a church in Nashville. And a couple of years into that, it was growing rapidly. And I uh, was asked to join the team as executive director. And uh, another just interesting leadership opportunity and challenge to step into ministry, which is, you know, I mean, there's so many things that are similar in ministry in corporate world from a leadership perspective. And then there are some nuances and just and you're, you're smiling and laughing. It's so different. It's so different than the corporate world, right? And yet it, everybody tells us we're so lucky to work here, but it's so different. <laughs> it's so different. And the dynamic of volunteer leadership mm-hmm. and, you know, so there's a, that's, that's a whole nother podcast for another day, but uh, spent about 12 years between the church in Nashville and a church in California as executive director and executive pastor. 
And then I started Foresight, the organization that I lead. And, and the real heart behind that was all along the way, God was just really fueling this passion in me to de help develop leaders, that it was such a, a, a growth journey for me personally, that it just fueled everything I did. And I just saw the power in when a leader is healthy and thriving, mm -hmm. and they're helping create a healthy and thriving team, you can accomplish any goal. Yeah. You know, whatever the mission is of the organization becomes so much easier when a leader's healthy, the team is healthy. And that's where our focus is at Foresight is just helping leaders and teams um, lead well. And so married to my husband of almost 22 years. Well, so that's so crazy. That starts to age me. But um, we, uh, we never had children of our own, weren't brave enough to birth them. I wasn't. And, uh, but we, I mean, I pour my life into the leaders that I get to serve. And then right. I, ha I have Aunt Jenny is the best role in the world. I see that um, when you share that on Instagram, you love, yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. I mean, both of my sisters have littles and, um, and now we live near them. So I get to spoil them and, you know, give them all the sugar and the noisy toys and then send them back home. And exactly. It's all perfect. So yep. that's, a, that's a bit of what my world looks no, like. That's awesome. I was an auntie before I was a mom and it is, it's a great, great job it's to be an aunt. Great job. Yes. Well, you're one of the leaders who helped me understand the Enneagram and I later became certified as an Enneagram coach. Has the Enneagram been helpful to you in understanding your why, why you think, feel, and lead the way you do? For sure. I, um, I was probably introduced to the Enneagram probably as many as 12 or 15 years ago mm -hmm. now, and it was by my counselor. So I was working at the church in Nashville. It was an incredibly crazy season of just intensity. We were growing so rapidly and it was just wild. And uh, I, I, this tells you how bad I needed counseling. A friend who was a counselor reached out to me and said, I feel like God has asked me to just give, gift you counseling if you're wow. interested. <laughs> I was like, that's probably accurate. That's probably accurate. Um, and so uh, she introduced me to the Enneagram and uh, it was, it, it was a slow journey. Nobody knew of the Enneagram. If mm -hmm. I said I was studying the Enneagram, it was like any of what, you right, know, right. it was back before it was so popular. And, but she really walked me through. She didn't have me take an assessment by the yeah. way. That's she, why I became a coach. I don't, I want people to do what you did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And she walked me through it and we kind of did this process of discovery together and it, the process itself was really good for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I just had not done a lot of, of self-awareness work, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and then the fact that I'm an Enneagram 3 makes that all the more clear. Uh, because as we discovered, you know, that I am an Enneagram 3 with a four wing, you know, the Enneagram 3 tends to be the one that is not very in tune to their own emotions. Uh, although they have a deep feeling center, they're yes. not attuned to their own emotions. And, um, and that was starting to, I mean, I was starting to unravel from the inside, yeah. but I couldn't name it because right. I didn't have language for my feelings, which, you know, was funny because one of my first counselors had told me to do a feelings journal. And I was like, my whole first page was writing all my feelings about having to do a feelings right, journal right. because I was so unaccustomed to being aware of mm -hmm. how I felt about things. And so yeah. you can imagine that, you know, that insensitivity especially in the early days of my leadership really had some detrimental effects on the relationships around me. Cause I wasn't very in tune to, to myself and I wasn't therefore very attuned to others. So I'm probably getting way too deep into all of that, but like game changer for me. Yeah. And you were, and you were able to bring that to me right away. And you know, I had landed on one, two or three, which makes sense as an Enneagram two, I had the one of the three wings, but my you youngest go. daughter is an Enneagram three. And we always talk about, 
you know, while she's at school, she puts all her feelings in a box. And then when she comes home, we open the box and see what's inside. (laughs) Yeah. But the Enneagram is so helpful for many of us in understanding our why, why we think, feel, and do life the way we do. And so the Enneagram is one of the drivers of how I lead um, leaders and help coach people to health. And my acronym, the word invest, starts with this understanding your why, identifying your why. And as I've watched your leadership, I think the word invest describes so clearly your heartbeat behind. You have three incredible books. I'm just going to show them for a little bit that I hope. Um, the Four Dimensions of Leadership, which helps us understand that God created us to um, to understand how to live fully, right, in our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then right. Just Lead, which was transformative for me as a female who had grown up in the church world and didn't quite believe in my own leadership. And then Clout. And all three of these books have really impacted me. But I think one of the words that I was reminded of as I was reviewing is that if you're going to lead, there's going to be complexity, there's going to be chaos, and you just have to accept that in leadership. However, this year has been exceptional, and you run an organization. What would you have to say about what it has looked like for you and for the people that you're pouring into as we lead in this season of COVID? Yeah, and it's exactly that, right? It's funny because on a number of occasions, I've gone back to that um, chapter in the Four Dimensions book where I talk about leading in chaos because that's so much a natural part of leadership anyway. Mm -hmm. And then this year, you know, and I think what's been particularly hard about this year for everybody is that we all were in chaos. You know, I mean, I think, you know, leaders in different stages, we ebb and flow, we have, you know, seasons that are flourishing and then seasons that are really hard. And, you know, there's usually an ebb and flow to that where we're able to lean into each other, you know, and counterbalance those seasons that are so intense. And this year, everybody, it's kind of leveled the playing field. Mm -hmm. Everybody is going, what do we do? There's no roadmap for this. Um, You know, all of a sudden, everything I expected, all our grand 2020 visions are big plans. Yeah. Obliterated. Right. (laughs) And, uh, and that's just, that's just it. I think the chaos of this year has really sent leaders spiraling. And what I see the most is just the fatigue. Mm. I think that, you know, when, I think when, you know, March hit and it was like, whoa, what is happening here? We were all hopeful that this was a few weeks or maybe a couple months at the most, you know? And I think, so everybody just engaged it with the tenacity that leaders do of like, we lean into the hard thing. Mm -hmm. Well then, you know, we're leaning into that hard thing and that hard thing isn't stopping. Yeah. And so a lot of my conversations, especially now as the year is winding down and we're just like, whoo is just a real recognition of fatigue. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's really important. I think, mm-hmm. you know, some of the coaching that I've been uh, giving is, hey, whatever your rhythms for rest and renewal were pre-COVID, you probably at least need to double them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it is, you know, and you think wow. about this and we've, we've kind of found some new normals, but, um, you know, in the early stages of this, I, mean, I say that, but it's not entirely true because, you know, early stages of this, all of a sudden, those of you who have kids, your kids are home with you and you're like, how in the world do I do that? And, you know, you and your spouse are both trying to do your Zoom meetings, you know, and, um, and, you know, so every decision that was kind of automatic, you know, Mm -hmm. used to, you got up, you got the kids ready, you got out the door, you dropped them off, you went to work, you did, you know, whatever your version of that morning routine was, you're not having to make those decisions. It's the routine. Well, all of us, there was no routine anymore. Right. And everything is disrupted in that, you know, there's something we talk about a a concept called decision fatigue Mm -hmm. and that, that there's a true, like after you make so many decisions, you just, your capacity for it is, you know, is limited. 
And that's what I'm seeing in leaders, especially mm. now. We felt it early on because it was like every, every day was a new decision because we didn't know what we were doing or where we were going. And we're still dealing with that now at kind of at a higher level because it's the, the how long is this going to be? How long until we can office together or how mm-hmm. long until I can travel and meet clients in person? Or, yeah. And so that decision fatigue, I think we underestimate um, oh, absolutely. how much it impacts us. Yeah. And, and I would just, I just encourage leaders, be paying attention to that um, and be gracious with yourself about it. Because I think we just think I got to keep, I got to keep going. I got to keep doing. Right. And we need to be real aware of just the myriad of things that are, that are uh, just exhausting us in different ways than they have historically. That's incredible advice. I think I've never heard it that simple. Whatever you using before as a system, maybe just double it, right? So if you needed that one day of rest, maybe you need twice a week yeah. or a few months until you start yeah. to recover or a whole week. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned at the beginning that you were in ministry, both um, in Nashville, out in California, and then you decided to do something pretty brave. And that was to launch your own company. I was wondering if you just had a minute or two. I think this season has inspired many of us, right? The Marie Forleo, everything's figure outable to, to just, right. I'm one of those people who are like, okay, what was is no longer. So how do I pivot? Yep. And someone needs to pivot and try that dream in their heart and take those first few brave steps and things don't always work out right away. I loved um, Judah Smith's sermon this week where he reminded us of the proverb, you know, a man falls seven times, but gets up eight. As someone who's done this hard work, what advice do you have for somebody who may be listening to this and has a dream in their heart, but has never done anything with that dream before? What would be like a step or two that you could sort of advise us about? Oh, that's such a good question. You know, I think what I would say is, yeah, what is that dream? And what's that, what's really at the core, the essence Mm. of that? I call it, you know, what's that sense of purpose in that dream? Yeah. And really mining for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because what is likely going to happen, this is true for me. And I think it's true for every, for most, most leaders that are starting their own thing, entrepreneurs, et cetera is that you will start in one iteration of it and you'll figure out what works and what doesn't work. And I know the first year that I launched Foresight, I couldn't really articulate what we did because I, you know, it was like, I was still kind of figuring it out, but at the core, the essence, the heart of it was investing in and developing leaders Mm -hmm. and how I was going to do that was taking different shapes and forms. And I was experimenting, you know, and I had the curse of, I'd been an executive pastor for so many years that you've worn pretty much every hat. Right. So if I was working with a church client, I was, they were like, can you do this? Well, sure. Yep. I've done that before. I've done that before. Um, And that's probably true. Whatever, whatever the dream is, you've probably, you know, done something in that, in that vein at some point. So be comfortable with, with the kind of experimentation stage of you're going to try some things and some things are going to work and some things are not going to work. Um, but stay connected to the heart of it, the purpose Mm -hmm. of it. And if, and and that's actually a lot of the coaching I've been giving even this year for leaders Mm. is to say, Hey, um, your whole, how you do what you do has been, you know, just blown up. Yeah. Go back to your purpose. Right. What is the purpose? What is the why? And then you can, you can figure out a new how. Yeah. And that would be my encouragement to people wanting to start something is get the dream won't be the strategy. Yeah. The dream will be the why yeah. that what is that deep sense of purpose you have and you want to fulfill and then be comfortable that it'll take some time to figure out how. I love and that. if you can be at peace with it's going to take some time to figure out how then you're going to enjoy it a lot more. 
along the way. I have that written down as one of the first things you taught me right here. It uh, says, I need to know what's possible and I need to know why, but I won't know the how. And so that is such a good encouragement. I mean, obviously we could spend hours learning from you. There's so many different pieces of deep wisdom you have. If someone wanted to connect with you and learn more, I know there are leaders in New England right now. That's where I live that, um, you know, we can't do outside church. Winter yeah. is coming and we're going to have to pivot one more time. Um, like you said, there's moms and dads who have kids home now and everything about how we used to do it has changed. To learn from you, what's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, um, easy way to stay connected. I'm just Jenny Catron on all social media. So J-E-N-N-I-C-A-T-R-O-N. So that's super easy. And then our website is getforesight.com. It's the word get, G-E-T, the number four and the word sight, S-I-G-H-T.com. And if you go there, we've got a whole section of articles. My podcasts are all posted there. Tons of free resources. And um, we'd love for you to sign up for the, we do a weekly insights, which is just leadership articles and learnings. That's a great way to stay connected. And that's all the free fun stuff. So that's the best way to get connected. Yeah. You're, you're incredibly generous with the free content you give us. So Jenny, thank you for being here today and for inspiring us. I know that I'm going to really take to heart the idea of maybe doubling what I had been doing in the past to care for my soul. So thank you again for for being here today. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kelly. Thanks for what you're doing and investing in coaching and leaders as well. So I'm cheering for you. Thank you. Well, thank you. And I hope that our time together will truly help you invest in this season of your life to help you invest in your relationships and help you to invest in your dream. Thanks for listening to Coaching with Kelly. Join us next time for more conversations on how to truly invest in this season of your life. For more information, or if you would like Kelly Tibbetts to be your life coach, you can find Kelly Tibbetts Life Coach on Facebook, or you can visit kellytibbetts.com.